0: Hello, my name is John Barley from Right Track New Zealand Limited, and we're going to be introducing you to Heinrich, whose background is from the uh, military, spending some of his time with a paratroopers regiment in Africa. What we want to do is we want to explore how the military perspective of safety is automatically built into the culture of the military regiments for the overall safety of their people. Heinrich is currently working for Auckland City Council, but he's just informed me that he's going to be leaving there shortly and starting up a new career. So we're going to explore that as well and find out how and what he's going to be doing, and maybe he could be a benefit to you going forward. So we'll also find out how uh, you can contact him in the future. Heinrich, how are you? Thanks John, I'm,
1: I'm pretty good, thank you.
0: Good, and you're, you're handling the COVID-19 shutdown quite well? Uh, I think there's a challenge at best for everyone really, John. Um, I do think, I think we all
1: cope, cope okay, I do think there's challenges, um, but all in all, yeah,
0: handling it okay. Heinrich, many months ago, wouldn't it be about six, seven months ago? We yeah, maybe, I, I guess beginning of the year. Yep. Yeah, um, and how things have changed since then? dramatically. When we spoke, you dropped me into your world of the military and the paratroopers. And the thing that's really gained my attention is the fact that with the military being a paratrooper, safety was not really discussed. It was just part of the drill to make certain that you guys would be dropped behind enemy lines. But the probability of you landing safely and able to do the job was actually critical to to the success of the operation. So can you just go through how they actually instilled that safety mentality into uh, your minds in your training? Yeah, that's right, John. Um, it, it's actually quite quite
1: weird really. Um, uh, the word health and safety never once came up ever in my military career and I've spent almost or just under 10 years in the in a in a defense force and I didn't really realize then that you know elephant safety is a thing. You know, um, I, I remotely you know heard about you know the profession of elephant safety and so on. But it only struck me when I left and when I when I started working as a career professional, health and safety professional, that what we actually did in the, in the Defence Force was actually really health and safety stuff. So, in the in the paratroopers, now you can appreciate that it's possibly one of the, the most um, demanding um, and, and it can be quite, quite um, dangerous and hazardous as well. So, to safely deliver a, a a load of paratroopers um, now you can imagine if you are a military planner you, you plan for operation and and you depend on say a say an aircraft can take 64 paratroopers and i think a c-130 can um you, you you plan your operation around safety safely delivering 64 paratroopers on the ground isn't it so the last thing that you want to see is them getting injured yeah, because not only can you not engage them and not get a job done, you also have to, you know, get a back, um into to, to, to tend to the wind or injured, really, um, uh, from from jumping. So from day one in the in the paratroopers, I remember arriving at uh, at forty four Parachute uh, Regiment, and there was just something different to the place. You know, the 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 way that the paratroopers conducted themselves, the, the smartness of the uniform. Um, everything was just telling me, you know, this is discipline, disciplined soldiers. They didn't, you know, walk from one place to another, they, they quick marched, you know? And, and we, 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 we arrived here over a weekend, um, and it was quite relaxed, but on the, on the Monday morning, when uh, we started with our selection course, um, so we were roughly about 600 paratroopers at the time, or candidates rather, right? let me put it that way, and um, candidates to go onto this, to, to become paratroopers. And um, we were, we were f- very fit, um, extremely fit at the time, having already prepared for a year for this parachute selection course that we, that we went on. And for the next 72 hours, um, and the reason why we did 72 hours is because operation in the airborne is roughly planned around three days that you have to sustain have to be able to sustain yourself okay um so the 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 selection course was pretty 72 hours as well for the selection we call it pt course or physical training course Um, and we started on the on the monday morning early and i would say halfway through the, the the morning um roughly about 50% Fifty percent of all the candidates have already, you know, uh, dropped off. So that where all the I guess people who were not prepared, kind of mental and physical uh, very demanding on, on, on mentally, but also more demanding on the body for seventy-two for the next two and a half days or so uh, with very little sleep and rest. Um, by achieving that selection thing i think that you're you in a mindset of you know we are elite um and that you are that you've been chosen right but that i think that that is a bit of a uh, it bolts onto the culture right and then uh shortly after passing the selection course we we started out our, our parachute training. And from, from day one, from, from the very first moment that we were um, shown a parachute, um, we were told how important it, it is to to look after the equipment, to look after your, your mates. And what struck me really was the leadership and the leadership of the parachute regiment, How how involved the, the parachute instructors had been from day one. Since you passed your selection and you're part of, you are going to be a paratrooper. They've taken this seriously, um, and they valued you as a person. Um, so it was wasn't the case of your, your number, your your individual. And they were looking after us, you know, uh, looking at what we ate, so ensure that we got good 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 meals. Um, looked after still very demanding, you know, they expected the best from you. But um, yeah, so I, re- so I remember the, the the Colonel, he had a paratrooper with a parachute on his back and he pulled out a parachute from the back and he explained to us the whole sequence of when you, when you exit the aircraft, um, what to expect. And also we did had a demonstration inside a parachute training hangar um, with a paratrooper demonstrating uh, what looks like to jump out of the aircraft. And also, what a landing landing would look like. We were also then being t- taken to the parachute packers' building. Where we were shown by the packers how the parachutes are packed. Um, and what struck me is that none of these packers would jump with the parachutes. But what I on the wall there, like a that uh, the uh, motto that was saying, "I would I would pack each parachute as if my own life depends on it." Um, I remember that. Crystal clear, and and what an impact that made on me. When we started with our training, it, it just became so important for us to pay pay attention of what we are doing. We, it was the, the drills of looking, you know, to, to inspect your 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 team members' parachute prior to a jump. So that was that, that was just a drill. You. You were looking looking out for each other. It's just part of our DNA, the, the, the way that we did it. Our, our parachute instructors did the same. So although we already checked our mates' parachutes, the parachute instructors will also check it. And we and the same when we're in the aircraft, this dispatchers will do a large check, right? And we will start counting off from the back of the parachute stick, checking the man in front of you again ensuring that your equipment is, is okay. And, um, yeah, so then we, then we jump. And as soon as you exit the aircraft, the training just kicks in. and um, so it just comes naturally safe landing and you get debriefed. So that, that debrief after that, that first jump, very important. And that whole sequence of, you know, inducting people into, what are, what's expected from them, inducting them, inducting, inducting them of how to undertaking it safely, executing the work and then the debrief afterwards. And if you think about it, that is the process of safety, isn't it? So inducting the workers, give them a good, good SOP of how to undertake the work safely and then debrief afterwards. So strong points, weak points and, and a jumper. So I remember my, my parachute helmet had a, had a number on Charlie 3. In front of my my helmet what, what a parachute instructor did he, he actually marked each of us as we as we descended and he would talk you through your jump and say same. you did this wrong or oh, excellent you know you need natural and the good points and the weak points that you demonstrated were were, um, were communicated to you and that communication bit for me then you know became so important that you know, the feedback that you, that you, that you give, um, and after doing that for, so another two weeks before we actually really started jumping in earnest, um, when we finished the course, you can appreciate we, uh, at the end of the day, only 96 of us qualified as paratroopers from that 600 that started. Wow. Um, but, but I think I've, I've roughly worked out, um, over 3000 jumps that we would have done as a as a course, and I can't remember um, any serious incidents or accidents. Uh, also on the selection course, and on the selection course, we were we were really you know taken through our paces, and the, the things that we did, you know, carrying heavy heavy um, uh, poles and pieces of uh, tires and stuff. Um, none of us were were injured. Um, so the preparation, bit for me was crucial you know looking back at it today and understanding from a health and safety perspective you know and finishing that the only person ever so so just just coming back to the you know the sequence uh prior to a jump the pilots would would meet up at a drop zone the dz with the parachute instructors and they will do inspection on the aircraft they will ensure that the aircraft is ready for for jumping and taping the door with, uh, I don't know what I call it, but it's tape that protects the, the aircraft and um, ensuring that everything is in working working condition. Um, and that whole machine, that everybody is playing a part. So that's not only the jumper, it's the man next to you. It's the packer in the building. Um, even the chef in the, in the kitchen that's preparing your meal Everybody plays a part to, to 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 ensure that this machine works well well oiled. And well, look, accidents do happen. But in a in, in an organization that has that installed safety culture, the way that the paracubist has it, it doesn't happen that often. Um, it is an anomaly when it does, and it's a real accident. It has been, you know, so so it's part of the, the DNA. And what's really interesting is that like i said there's nobody with a title health and safety manager or health and safety person or the the, that guys that that safety person is is responsible for the safety we are responsible for the safety the only person in that whole in that whole regiment that has a title safety is the DZ safety officer and the role of the safety officer is to ensure that the aircraft is cleared for a drop sequence. And that's the only, the only person that is actually tasked with a safety component. Um, and given the title, the rest is, is just your job,
0: but your job is to do it safely. One of the... Um You've mentioned so much stuff in there, and the first question that comes to mind is the first seventy-two hours. Is that seventy-two consecutive hours without a break, other than uh, lunchtime, dinner time, and going and having a pee? Uh,
1: yeah, so so I can actually quite surprise you there because there wouldn't be a, a supper or dinner time. Um, you 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 you've been given a ration pack, one one ration pack, and that ration pack is supposed Supposed to sustain a normal soldier for roughly um, 12 hours. So that ration pack takes you take you through the whole 72 hours and you you you're free to use it as you like. A lot of a lot of the candidates eat it all in the first 12 hours. Those that do, those who were smart would keep it for the last day when you really need it. And you yes, absolutely right, John. So, so 72 hours, no sleep. Wow. Um, well, well, saying that, um, you will obviously get five minutes shut here yeah, and there where you steal it. But no, you don't see a bed and you for sure don't see, you know, we're going to break for, for an hour or so to give you some rest. The <laughs> rest time, I think it's 72 hours consecutive.
0: Yeah, because one of the other things that going through my mind is out of 600 was it 600 inductees only 72 or six, sixty-nine, or 72 Uh, actually 96 96 96 came out the other end if you were to say that to a business owner and say we don't expect you to only only have 69 we want you to have the full 600 to come through this induction which we're going to put into the business, which will actually permit them to fully grasp this this idea of safety within the workplace. Many business owners would actually go, well, that ain't going to happen, you know, because we've got Billy here who's half asleep all the time. So how would you promote the idea of having an induction of their people into safe working environment, noting that possibly 70% of them are going to either be absolutely useless or and the remainder will be sitting on the fence and could sway either way. How, what, what sort of systems would you give to a business owner to get his people to really understand that Safety is actually part of the business culture, but it's also part of the flow of the production of the product and/or services. Yeah, you're right, John. It's it's quite difficult to look look at it
1: from a military perspective lens. I'm going to I'm going to um, use the same analogy from that we that we did. So my unit um, that I actually came from to the to the parachute regiment to do my jump jump course. Um, we had actually had a hundred percent pass rate, so so all of us that that did a course um, completed it from our unit, um, and the same from various other um, units that that, that were um, doing this course. Right. So what I'm saying is, those 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 who actually dropped dropped out were those that didn't prepare. Um, they were taking chances. I would I almost wanted to say thinking, thinking that it would be easy, you know, um, to rock up there without the preparation that, that, that's that been need, needed to be put in. So put it in a business perspective like this. Um, you can you can get all your workers through the induction process. You can get 100% pass rate if you prepare them. And to your point of, you know, how do you do that? And that's motivation. You know, why are we doing it? and that is the cause we want all, to, all of us to go at the end of the day. So you need to put in the hard yards to reap the benefits. So you don't want to weed out people, and that's not what I'm saying. I, I, in terms of selection, we, you, you don't want people to not pass it. You want all of them to make it. But you don't want people there who are going to be a uh, liability to the organization. Um, and that is, to, to, to motivate, yeah, I, I think motivation. Motivate people um, in the right way, then you'll, then, then you'll get a 100% pass, pass rate, like we did in our unit, in my unit, and um, all of us passed,
0: because we put in our yards. I'm very, I'm very interested in, um, in the subject of purpose within a business. What is the purpose of a business? What is the purpose of an individual within that business? Uh, what, is, what, is the, what is the soul of the business? And I know that sounds a bit strange on the subject that we're talking about, but the question that comes into my mind is your paratroop regiment would have had a motto, right? And that motto would have been ingrained into you and part of your belief system. But did it also drive your sense of purpose in understanding the necessity of having safe within your within the regiment.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. So and that is where leadership comes in, right? Um, so I've mentioned I've mentioned the, the vision. Now no business unless you have a health and safety consultancy I guess or if you are a, you know in a in the business of health and safety, no business has the business to do safety, right? Uh, business is there to make money. Business is not. People don't come come to work to to come and do safety. They come and do, They come to work to do their work, right? So, yeah. like like I said, we, we were there to jump, right? That's what what we we were there for. We were there for for parachuting, right? And um, the colonel told us that from day one. That's why why we are there. And um, we're going to walk away there with parachute wings on our chests. That's going to be the reward for us. Obviously, a reward for them is going to be something else but we can only do that if we are safe. So that vision of all of us are going to walk away with a parachute in our chest, and we're going to do that safely, is, is is the vision. That And I think that is where the CEO of the organization is so important to, to bring people on that journey of saying, well, we are here for a business, but we are also here to look after each other. We don't want any of, 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 of our mates to go, inject that is that is that is the the, the journey uh, that you want to pay, take your 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 workforce on is let's do this let's do this thing
0: let's do the site we, we we are here to, to do our jobs but let's do it safe what was your regiment was what was your regimental motto so it's um ex ex alto vincibus. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so roughly means um uh, strike from above okay Cool.
0: What, so, did, what did that mean to your sense of purpose and feeling of being part of that regiment and being, I suppose, connected with the leadership of that regiment? Yeah, I, I think a better way to,
1: I think a better way to, to actually say it because it will have more meaning to me is my unit, my my unit's motto has been. Um, which is, the, which is the Latin for serving the bravest. So something that I haven't said or I didn't mention is the unit that, I'm, that I actually have been in was a special forces medical unit. So we were looking after special forces from a medical perspective um, and, and hence the, the reason why we parachuted so we could jump with, it, with, with special forces. Um, so our motto was serving the bravest. And that is where my connection comes from. That is is my why. You know, and that is why I became a medic is because I care, right? I care and the bravest in that context is the special forces operator. And my role were to support him from a medical perspective, right? Yeah. Um, So from a unit perspective, that was our why. That, that's
0: it. that's where the connection comes from that that yeah. that is that is so powerful just that and it's um that that's an amazing sort of uh connection to it a business leader a person with a vision should also have a company motto which people can actually buy into, but they understand and they believe it, and they grab it in their heart. That's right. Um, you're absolutely right. So to to come back to, to our health
1: and safety um, management system, and from from advisory work or consultancy work, and that is something that I always try to do when I when I design a, a health and safety management system. When looking at a the commitment statement, what I'm trying to do is I'm, I'm taking the, the the, the business values, the wider context. So, so for example, in community facilities, where I'm from, uh, where I work, we're working now at Auckland Council, our motto is um, to build great places, Aucklanders love. How do we do that? So we, 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 we are looking after all the, you know, open spaces and facilities and assets in, in the, the whole of Auckland. To bring that together, Right. So to bring the health and safety perspective into into the, into our vision, um, so when we develop, for example, our, our our commitment statement, we have to look at that context. What do we do, and how do we do that safely? So we brought the two together to 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 create create our vision and and mission statement from our from our health and safety perspective. So we want to do all that, looking at all those great places that Aucklanders love, but we want to do it safely by looking after ourselves looking after our contractors and also everybody that we engage with and that we are affected by our operations and we've worked that into one statement and, and i think that is what you're talking about john isn't it you know how do you bring that two together the, the vision of the organization and what does that mean from a culture perspective so to embed that health and safety dna into the
0: business that's what what we did in the paratroopers, and that's what we're doing now. Do you mind if I explore that a little bit more? Yeah, hey, you're welcome. When you talked to me about your regimental motto and what you did, which served your purpose, I'm not a paratrooper, okay, but I something happened in my heart that I knew had real value, and I immediately connected with it. Something in my soul just said there's, there's gravity to, to, to what has been said. But the Auckland City Council motto is just I don't know, a pile of words stuck together which defines what they do, but it doesn't actually serve a purpose. Would you would you agree with that? I think it I, I think it
1: serves a purpose for sure. I think it serves a purpose for the people who are working in um, community facilities that the, the why and um, the purpose of you know doing something for you know Aucklanders I, I think so I think it resonates with the people who work there for sure John does
0: um, it does it connect though with their responsibility by health and safety it does it does connect for sure we, we cannot deliver that safely
1: if we don't if we don't we can't deliver that if we don't do it safely for sure not we cannot I, I, I mean you're talking about you know, hundreds of hundreds of thousands of people who are affected by our operations. Um, and the moral obligation of, you know, ensuring that you do everything that's reasonable, practicable, um, to deliver that safety, that resonates with the workforce.
0: Do you think Auckland City Council do a real good job in communicating that thought, that sense of purpose? To their people, I think so. Yep, yeah. I think that communication. I think that communication.
1: Look, it look like anything. There's always room for improvement. continual continual improvement. But that, that communication is almost. Um, I think that is that is what we are really working really hard. At front of mind, and and I think people are connecting. I think they are getting that. You know, connecting
0: the dots for sure. I would, be, I would want to believe that. So the the induction process for an ordinary organisation. What do you believe is necessary for that induction course, and how can a business owner prepare to have a comprehensive induction course?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think what you're referring to is the the walk the talk, and I, and I think the induction starts, like I said. The the moment that you walk into that that door back in back in the parachute regiment, the moment I walked into those gates, I could I could sense it's different, it's special, I could think I could sense the urgency and the I could sense also the the, the safety. I absolutely could. That is important when you work walk into a workplace that elephant safety is visible from day one. There's no there's no way that you can Install a safety culture um, by by just doing induction course. The induction course is, is part of it, but it's not. We do business, we do induction, and then we safe now. Um, we it needs to be visible. The business leader, the senior leaders in in, in the business, and the workers need to live the values, the the, the 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 company values. So if the company values are set in safety, they need to live that. And that is the the walk the Walk the talk, and I, I'm struggling to uh, what, what is the um, saying? I'll get back to that in a moment. But anyway, so so there's, there's, a, there's a very nice um, saying, but it's yeah, walking the talk, um, and that is very visible. If you if you arrive at a new workplace, and let's use the analogy of the parachute regime, about just take a parachute, like you know, go to the airfield and do a five-minute introduction course. Um, and let's go jump, there's no way in hell I want to, I will, I will get out of the aircraft. Unfortunately, that happens in many workplaces. You get given a, the set of tools, get, um, let me show you quickly how to do it, um, or actually even better, look how I do it, and then you go do it. You know, people, unfortunately, are put in those positions. They are, they, they are put in, in, in situations where they... We, we, that happens to them, and that is unfortunately where we see the accidents happen. Accidents happen, surprisingly, it's going to happen on the first day. Those who are not injured are lucky, and they get away with it for a long time, and then they will, will get injured later on. But um, it's so... Sorry, John? Have you got any stats on that? I, I, I've seen it. I've seen it. I will get back to you. I, I don't have it in front of me at the moment. I think it would be quite important to, to, to just revisit the stats but it's quite surprising that I've seen it from ACC and I'm just trying to get my head around it but they're talking about the, the vulnerable age groups it is the worker that's not inducted worker they're vulnerable and then the, the very skilled worker that's been in the profession for many many years and they're always the, also always the workers that say look I still have ten my fingers until tomorrow, I may have nine, <laughs> because they get complacent, isn't it? So, so that's the thing. You so said the, the 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 induction process is is
0: absolutely um, important to get it right from day one. So when um, you so so when you go into business premises and you walk into it and you you just know whether this business is going to be up to standard or not just by looking at the environment. Would that be right? I think that is a fair, a fair uh, comment, really. Um, so I worked as a consultant for for
1: a number of years as well, where well, I would would have gone around doing, doing exactly that. Surprisingly, you, you know, you know, as as soon as you walk through those doors, if you if reception is, you know, you are there for audit, and the receptionists are going to take you through the company management system. That tells you a lot. Of the of the you know the mentality um, of the organisation, you can also very quickly see that brand new PPE had been bought that morning or the day before, and the sign is is all brand new, but it doesn't line up with the practices and, and processes that you see. Um, you know, what I'm saying that's window dressing, and you see that quite a lot in 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 businesses when you work. As a consultant doing doing um, you know advisory work or or um, auditing auditing work, it's very quickly to pick that up. But you also see the in the behaviour of how people work. You, you pick pick it up in the body language that they are. You know. Um, so and then there there's also a lot of visible visible cues. The, the way that people will handle the equipment, the tools. You can see somebody knows. You know they're looking after it. That the tools are well kept. Uh, the tools are you know tagged. Um, as an example, that, that's all telltale so, so signs. And the same in the paratroopers. Those parachutes. You can see those parachutes are being used a lot, but you can see they've been looked after and well kept. That's a telltale sign. Um, and the same with your PPE. So your junk gear, your 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 helmet. You can just see the way that they, that a helmet has been fastened, that it's a professional that's, that's using it. The clips, for example, in a parachute um, helmet is different. It's, it's, not a, it's not a plastic clip, it's a, it's a metal clip. So it won't come off while you're jumping. That tells you it's a professional outfit, isn't it? And you will see that in a workplace as well. For example, if people work on electricity, the, the tools and equipment that I use will tell you that you know, they are different. Working work in a different environment, and that's what you want to see as an observer. You want to see if the if if what they are using is you know in line with best practices, and you'll quickly pick up if it's not, or if it's the wrong harness that I that I are using, or the harness has never been inspected. So so in you know uh, uh, working at height, um, you quickly see that the harness that 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 a, that a worker is wearing is just a compliance harness but it will not actually do any good when, when it's a fall, if that makes sense? Yes. So you yeah. see it, yeah. absolutely.
0: So can let's turn, put you in the shoes of a consumer, okay? And you're going to one supplier, you're looking at, a, you, you wanna buy a certain product, okay? And you choose three suppliers. With your mentality, and it's a healthy mentality, <laughs> And it's a disciplined mentality. Would you, in choosing those three suppliers, would you focus more on the price, or would you focus more on their culture, their presentation, their standard of work within that place? So, yeah, you know, which, which one would you choose? Yeah, so, that, so that's actually a very good good point, John. Um, of course, of course, you you, you
1: <laughs> of course you want to um, get most. Um, so I would, what I would like, I think the way to look at it is the the way they work for sure. You you want to see you want to see the similar um, visions and views standards that you are operating in. Um, for example, when when I worked in the Middle East, the we tried we tried to set the same same standards for our for our supplier than we would for our own people. Mm-hmm. So. You quite often see that organizations going for the lowest better. The problem with that is that the values do not align. And if you want to if you want to say we are we are look, we are providing the best for, for our people, for sure you can't do that by allowing substandard work practices for your supplier. And you see that unfortunately in, in the develop, developing world, you see that all the time, is that first of all, Uh, organizations go to developing country and turning a blind eye to the practices of the developing country uh, supplier now that is where leadership leadership comes in because a a, a reputable first world country has actually obligation as a as a leading in leadership to to set a benchmark so if you want to do business with me you need to have the same And and i think that is where the the education that comes in—it's hard to do, but I think I think organisation has a has a responsibility, obligation, a moral obligation if you want to to ensure that this alignment. And if it if it requires education, then so be it. Put in additional resource to upskill the upskill the the worker workforce from
0: the from the supply chain. If, if would you, as an employer? Would you prefer to employ somebody from military services compared to somebody who hasn't had military services purely and simply because of that discipline in in values and culture? It's a very difficult question because the bias thing comes in there. Um, no, I, I won't. You,
1: you would want to. You wanted, You would it, just because you, because just because you have been in the military doesn't mean. You are going to be disciplined to bring that into the workplace for sure. You could expect that, but that is not that's not a false side way. No, it, it will. It's still the individual's choice of of bringing that into the workplace, especially after the military. Look, there's there are a lot of outfits who, who do just that, and it works for them. It's it's a specific, it's a specific culture that works for some industries. It will not work in all industries i think there's merit and value in having a diverse workforce culture fit culture fit is something that that's very hard to try and ascertain during the hiring hiring process i think at the end of the day it gets gets developed in the workplace yeah i must admit i've already
0: uh, i've I've known some military people in my past and the culture that you were defining with the paratroop regiment is very much the same as a guy that I knew who was from the, is it the Coldstream Guards in the UK? Yeah, I'm not sure. Sounds, sounds. Is it Coldstream yeah. Guards? And this guy was absolutely meticulous in everything that he did to the point that he, he was a control nut. Um, he, he actually had all his pencils on his desk lined up and (laughs) when he came in and he took his jacket off it was put on to the hanger so everything was lined up you know and all the work that he did uh, which was actually in the insurance industry everything was neat and tidy and pristine you know and it was just it was just a mindset but anyway we got to move on so where are you off to so i'm starting starting about
1: a week's time for horizon energy group so that that is um Pretty much a national role, so I'll, I'll be a safety, health and environmental and quality um, manager for them. So that's, yeah. Okay. So are you No, no,
0: so just just, just a, um, what I wanted to say is so a national role that I'm moving into. Cool. Oh. Well, that sounds kind of exciting for you can people still contact you heinrich and ask for your input and assistance on challenges that they have in health and safety within their workplace well look, look john so that's not my that's not what i do um I, I, obviously
1: you know i, I i'm under i think i think from a from an health and safety practitioners perspective it is it is our duty as well to 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 support the the profession. Um, so what what I'm really interested in is 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 building capacity within the profession, the the safe, safety profession, and to to um, to try ch- change mindsets away from the the big stick mentality, you know, that the health and safety professionals like to walk around with. Yeah. Towards to towards building professional. Uh, sorry, sorry. To to to, to build the a culture and um, rather than supporting the culture to, to embed health and safety into business practice i think that is that is what what, what that, that's my personal aim and desire so so to answer your question that that's what i'm interested in doing is to support like-minded people and, and safety professionals I, I'm, not, I'm not i'm not i'm not providing businesses with advice no. um, per se but 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 for sure i, I mean if people are um, you know Interested to, to hear, you know, what I can do, you know, what, you know case studies and stuff that I can help him with. Always keen, and you know, I've been discussing that with you in the past. Yeah. Always keen to, to help that, that aspect for sure. But I'm not, a, I'm not a consultant providing health and safety advice to, to businesses. That's not what I'm doing.
0: So you're more, more than happy to sit down and have a cup of coffee with another professional and say, and just chew through the fat with them and say look um, have you ever thought of or considered this particular aspect which might actually help them in their delivery to their own clients
1: for, for sure and I, and, I, and I think to that point um, I think that is so important for business owners to do the same um, you know in their networks you know what works for 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 business A and business B, and we're in the same industry, and what works for you, what works for me. So, we do this, we do that as safety professionals um, all the time. And, and I think, um, so yesterday I actually wrote, read an article um, written by, excuse me, um, read an article um, written by Francois Barton um, from the uh, uh, MPI I think, MBIE, sorry, um, saying talking about in COVID-19 how important that had been for businesses to have had a, um, a network and mm. um, because it was so fluid and this risk this risk of COVID um, nobody know how to know how to manage it but in New Zealand uh, people were very were, um, were able to very quickly um, Develop protocols that would work for the business in different business industries. And to coming to, to, to back to your point, that you can't do that if you don't have these these coffee catch ups, you know, with like minded professionals
0: and so on. Yes, yeah, so absolutely, that for for sure. Very keen to do that. Cool. So you're going to give us your mobile phone number, which is <laughs> um, they can
1: they can reach me on, on, on Gmail. Gmail. So it's Hein H E I N. And then my last
0: name, Adaman, um, H-A-V-E-M-A-N-N at gmail.com. Okay. And yeah. you've got to change your mobile phone number. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. So so you're still going to be based in Auckland? Yes, I will be. Okay. Based in so if anybody wants to have a cup of coffee with Heinrich, he's more than happy <laughs> to to go and have a cup of coffee and it's on and they're gonna to have to pay for the coffee, right? <laughs> Uh, I, don't know. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let we'll just put down down the ground rules. So um, Heinrich, as per normal, it's really, really cool talking to you and getting to gain some value that can I hope be of value to people who listen to this particular podcast and they can think about how they can actually Insert that within their own business, but also maybe change. Insert it within their own leadership styles, is to see how they, through changing their leadership style, they can actually change the culture and change the well-being of their people and their business. So thank you very much, and and we'll we'll phone and we'll talk and we'll have a cup of coffee on me. Thank you, John.
1: No, no, absolutely, and no, no, you're right. So I hope it would be you know valuable for. You know, for people to, to, to listen to, to us talking and chatting and uh, will have some meaningful for, um, you know, for, for people. Yeah, so, so thanks for that. Thanks, John. It's it good pre- to chat to you as well. Appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Bye. Hello. Thank you for listening to this presentation. We've really enjoyed talking to Heinrich about the, his perception of health and safety within New Zealand but also how does the military background and culture actually impact on his thinking? And how can we in business learn from Heinrich and actually have an impact on our ability to make our businesses successful? Thank you for listening and taking this time. And I just want to run through some of the major points that I became quite conscious of in listening to the podcast again. Induction. Induction is so important, but it is so important to also debrief your people and it's actually part of the process. Two, communication of values and the purpose. What does your company motto say? How does it actually define for your people but also your suppliers and your customers. What are your, how did, do the values actually define your, uh, your motto? Or sorry, how does the motto define your values? Preparation. Prepare to fail or fail to prepare. It's, that's a really important question. It's a team effort. And what is the motivation of your people to fulfill the purpose as defined by the values of the business? Thank you very much for listening. And I hope that you gained a lot of information from listening to this podcast. If you wish to talk to me further, please contact John at RightTrack.com dot co dot n z that's but r i t e t r a c k or phone me on zero nine two three nine three eight three zero or zero two seven two eight nine three one six two we also have a free monthly newsletter which can go out to all of our registered subscribers is free and we're not selling you anything register under bitlys but bit stop ly backslash right track or visit us on our website www.righttrack.co.nz once again thank you for listening and tune in again for our next podcast which will be looking at how A young man has created an awesome rehabilitation center in Hamilton. And we look at his values and purpose in business. So until next time, see you later. Bye.